Apple presents Meet the Musicians at the Apple Store. Please welcome this afternoon's guest moderator, music journalist, Corey Grow, and today's guest, The Almost. Welcome. welcome. Uh, I'm sitting here with The Almost as they get uh, situated. Hi, Corey. Hi. How's it going? Tell us about it, Corey. <laughs> well, why don't we tell them about you? First off, thank you for coming and uh, for sitting here and all. And uh, would you please introduce yourselves? My name is Aaron. Nice to meet you all. I'm Dusty. Hey, I'm Jay. I'm Joe. I'm John. Well, the reason why we're here is because uh, The Almost is releasing a new album on April 9th, and it is titled Fear Inside Our Bones. And uh, yeah. yeah, the band's going to play Ooh. in a little bit. They're going to play some of those songs and some songs from some of their previous records. Um, but uh, currently they're on tour. They're playing tonight. And uh, I don't you guys played in uh, New Jersey last night. How's the tour been going? Really good, man. We actually played in... Um, we kind of did purposely like this small club tour to kind of release some of these songs. And it's been cool getting to see everyone's faces instead of the normal tour vibe, just small rooms. Um, we actually played in a Mexican restaurant last night, literally. There was this place called Mexicali Live, and it was a legit restaurant. Wow. So you've got like, you know, 150 people eating dinner. And they sit there and eat dinner the entire time. Chips and salsa, chimichangas, quesadillas. And it's like this rock and roll show happening. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of thought everything was good. And then the uh, sopapillas came out. And we were like, ah, Mexican dessert got us. Did you get yeah. anyone to drop the chimichanga? You know, because of the sopapillas, we, kinda, we got screwed by the sopapillas. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, how have the new songs been going over that you've been playing? Which, which, which are the new songs you've been playing live? Uh, we just released a song a couple weeks ago. I think it's been a couple weeks now called Ghost. We've been playing that song. A few other songs, the title track, um, the first single, which isn't out yet, but we've been playing that song. It's been going really good, I think. You know, no one's came up to me afterwards and said, that stuff sucks. <laughs> so I think, I think so. Yeah. You guys can tell me today if it sucks or not. <laughs> Does anybody, do people here know Ghost? Yeah, yeah. They've heard Ghost. You got the people singing the yeah. songs when you're singing along with you? I have seen some mouths moving to Ghost, which, um, which is really cool, so... Yeah, the, the kind of the purpose of the tour was to get out in 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 smaller places and be able to kind of guinea pig ears with those songs, you know. So nice. yeah, that's awesome. Um, what are you most excited about about this record coming out? I mean, what was maybe like a, approached a couple things a little differently this time? Oh, you mean besides my new haircut? Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead, someone someone else can answer the questions. Yeah, I, I think the record uh, is different for us. You know, we're all we're older. Some of us, not gonna mention any names, have gray hairs um, in his beard behind this microphone. And um, it, we, we recorded this record live, um, which is we'll do it live. Yeah, which is different, you know, for us. Uh, instead of sort of just writing as you go, uh, we all kind of had to know what we we're doing, kind of down to a science. And what live basically means is everybody sort of sitting in a room or standing in a room and nailing the song and if everybody gets the song perfect but I screwed up or which never happened ever um, then you know we had to start over ostensibly you know I mean it, so and really all we achieved with that is we got the record done quicker and it captured a little bit more of what it means to be uh, a musician in the almost you know you told me last night that you did the whole record in four days yeah pretty much <laughs> Uh, yeah, we just got in there, and then we, we were like, next song, are there aren't any more? 
there's no margin of error then if you're getting it done that quickly. <laughs> it was quick. It flew by. And we, we didn't have all the time in the world either. We were, you know, time is money and we we're on a schedule. And, but, um, but we were also happy in four days. You know, if we weren't happy, we would have spent more time. But, um, you know, we, we really just kind of blew through it and nailed it. That's awesome. Other than uh, time constraints and playing live, how else did you guys challenge yourselves when you were making this record? Either songwriting or recording? Or I think it's, it's just, uh, it's kind of a leap for us in terms of I feel like, I hate when, man, I hate when you, when you, you listen to a band's interview and you're like, yeah, these songs are just, you know, they're just more mature, you know? <laughs> you're taking it to another level. What does that even, what does that even freaking mean? It's like their songs have armpit hair now or kind of a dirty mustache or something. I thought you were going somewhere else. I was getting ready. Uh, um, pump the brakes, man. Pump the brakes. Uh, you know, I, I, but I think with these songs, I think it's just the most honest songs we've ever done. I, I, I've had this issue in my life where I always sit down to write songs. I'm like, what do people think about this? And I hate that about myself. I'm like, what do they think? What are they going to think if this is the chorus or if this is this or whatever? Like, will they like it? Like, will this make people sing along? Will this be enjoyable? And, and, and this time, just the kind of idea was I'm just going to get out what's inside. We're going to be honest and raw about it. Um, kind of no matter what the ramifications are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically it's all accordion and polka music, and this is it for us. This is our last show here at the Apple Store today. <laughs> no more airs. Well, we got the I'm new, just kidding. Uh, we got an accordion flown in here for you. So, <laughs> um, Well, I mean, just speaking about how you're uh, a little bit more honest this time, one of the songs that I know you have coming out is called I'm Down, and the, the lyric, the chorus to that song is I'm down, but I'm not out. And that seems like maybe that was a little bit more honest for you. And I'm just wondering what might yeah, have inspired um, that. I was going to make a joke about like how I took up boxing. Um, no, we... Don't joke about boxing. No. We, uh, I feel like in life, like in your relationships in particular, it's like kind of the panic. You hit the panic button in a relationship, and it's like, is this going to come to an end, or am I going to just get in and dig in? You know, whether that's a friendship, a romantic relationship, whatever. But there's a, there, there comes a place in a relationship where you're like, we either sever this tie or we just fight for it. And that's kind of the idea behind that song. You know, like we're both beat up. We're both lost. We're both uh, kind of alone in this situation. And it feels as if like this is it, but we're going to fight for it. So it's kind of from it's kind of a one-sided thing, being like, you know, maybe I'm injured and maybe this is this way, but I'm gonna keep going. Wow, well, that is that is more honest, like you said. It is. It's so honest. <laughs> um, and another song. I mean, just I was also really enjoying Ghost because we've been talking about Ghost, but I was just wondering if you could kind of tell me what inspired that. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think that that you have to test everything, you know, and with yourself. Like people are always like, I'm gonna follow my gut. You know, and, and, and then you see them follow their gut and they end up like, you know, in a bad place or doing whatever. So uh, the idea behind that song is kind of like test your gut. You know, you can't always trust the ghost inside the gut. You know, sometimes you got to you got to test that thing and weigh it out and see what's really what's really there and what the truth is. You know, because sometimes the truth isn't the feeling. Sometimes truth feels wrong mm -hmm. in, in, in the rare occasion that it does. But it happens more often than you would think sometimes. So, yeah. Well, going off of trusting your gut, and, uh, another lyric from one of the songs that you may or may not be playing today, uh, Hands, you sing about, the first, the first lyric I think it is, is you sing about how you're not afraid to make mistakes. Yeah, I think that, I think that, that there's this thing that we do, especially as artists, where you're like, I got to make sure that I take the right steps in my career, and I got to make sure I do this and do that, and 
I got to make sure I do this in order to sell records or in order to get people to show up or whatever, whatever. But the idea is, is behind that whole thing is like, you have to be you no matter where you are, or what you do in life. You have to do you, you know, you have to do what is right for you. What is the plan for you? So I was wondering if there were any mistakes along the path since Monster Monster that you might have learned from that uh, contributed to the new album. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, every day, you know, I mean, every day you do something that's boneheaded or dumb and you're like, man, I wish I hadn't have done that or I wish I hadn't have done this. But at the end, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and you realize that you go through things <clears throat> for a reason. Cool. How do you think you guys grew together most as songwriters for this album coming out? You know, Because like I said, like we were saying a little bit before, it does have a little bit more of a different sound. Maybe, maybe a little Just bit. It's a cohesive unit now. I really feel that way. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I was also just wondering what inspired the title Fear Inside Our Bones. John? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. John Thompson, everybody. Uh, I think every every person in I, I had a baby this past well, I if I it my wife if it, had if it a baby. Did not come out of you. No. I did not have a baby that'd be what's that? Is the it, album would be called something you, totally you, you different. helped. You helped. Hey, isn't there an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he gets pregnant? Junior. Yes, this junior. junior. How does he He's like I had a baby. Uh, how does he get it out? I uh, never saw it. Yeah, I didn't make it to that part. It was a C-section. It was a he-section. It was a he-section. Yeah, everybody, it was a he, right? right. Um, no, I feel like, like I had, I had a, we had our son this past year, and uh, he came out, and they put him under the thing to clean him up, whatever, and he's under these lights, and um, I watched him take his first breath, and it was weird, because it was like a foreign concept to him, you know, like, <gasps> and he, he saw his eyes open real big, and he breathed in his oxygen, and it was a really cool experience, but... He was in pain before that, you know, like it was really weird. Like he was just like, and I, and I had this idea that like every single person, whatever walk of life you're in, whatever you believe in, whatever you don't believe in, whatever your convictions are, everyone's born into pain. You're born into this place, this earth. It's full of pain and it's full of heartache and it's full of this and it's full of that. And it's also full of the good stuff. But the idea behind the whole record is like, there is, there is a, is a thing that, that connects us all and that's our shortcomings and that's our pain, and that's our fear. You know, we all have it. Whether it's all based around different circumstances and different opinions and different ideas, but we're all born with that. So the whole record is kind of that thing where, like, if we can, if we can move to be honest about those things, <clears throat> we can really connect with each other. You know, instead of like barking about each other about what we should and shouldn't do and what we should and shouldn't believe. And the the whole idea is that we're all we're all human and we're all connected and we all got issues you know what i mean let's air out the laundry for once mm -hmm. well i know one way that you guys kind of adapted that's maybe not quite as serious as kind of what you're describing but uh, i know that because of uh, uh your wife having the baby you recorded in or you rehearsed in uh between the buried and me's studio in north carolina we did and I was wondering if there were any funny stories about working with uh, the death metal prog metal I think band. that's just the funniest thing. The almost inside having anything to do with that band. I just think it's so funny. <laughs> well, I imagine you're all friends, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. No, totally. And they did us a solid, but I just think it's funny. I don't know if they think it's funny. They're probably ashamed. But <laughs> <laughs> They're on tour of Dream Theater right now, just pissed. That did you leave them any surprises for when they come back? We left them a lot of... Cans of Pepsi, I think. I guess, yeah, we, lots of Pepsi. Well, <laughs> we party pretty hard, I guess, <laughs> in, in the metal. Yeah, yeah, they, they, uh, 
Didn't uh, yeah, I'll just out everybody. Didn't we do? Didn't we write it or a song with with no pants on? <laughs> we did take our pants off, and I think we wrote the self. I swear track. you, that's true. That's oh, so we did true. with this the, the the title track we actually wrote in our underwear. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> how, how did that add to the acoustics of the song? I feel like there was less drag. It was more streamlined yeah. <laughs> song. We less constricted. We felt I'm free. trying to be free. Oh. You know, the song's breezy. It sounds breezy. <laughs> the weird part is, is Joe doesn't wear underwear. Oh. Yeah. That, that would, had to have been a... That's no, not true not at all. It had to have some explanation then. Well, th there's a one really... Never mind. This has taken a really weird turn. I think, Can we here. go to the yeah. next thing? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking about gear and stuff like that, uh, I think that some of these songs are acoustic premieres today. I was just wondering how that's... Yeah, there's definitely a bunch of songs I've never even sang the whole way through acoustic, so... We're going to find out what happens. Yeah. When, when we heard we were doing this, we're like, oh, man, there's no way we're going to be able to do Ghost, you know? But we think it sounds cool, so we'll see how it turns out, yeah. Well, other than uh, members not wearing underwear, I was wondering what maybe surprised you most about your bandmates. Like, maybe if each of you, did you guys learn anything new about each other when you were making this album, or...? I don't think there's... We don't keep a lot of secrets around here, yeah, man. I kind of know, yeah. We travel a lot, too, so there's not a ton of secrets, you know? Well, there is one secret... But it's for Don't tell time. it. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this too: is that I, you know, we didn't think that we could do a, a live record. It's hard, you know. I mean, you you have to. It's harder than you think. Um, or we thought that anyway, and then we and then we we found out it was really easy. <laughs> no, I remember us. thinking the producer told us that he wanted to do it really quickly and live, and we were like, "Yeah, right." I mean, that was my first reaction. I I physically said that to him on the phone. I was like, "Yeah, right." He goes, "No, I mean it." Because I do all of my records this way, and a lot of the records you would know and be surprised that they were recorded live, but it was really weird because he was like, we're going to do this, and I'm like, I remember calling my manager and being like, we're not going to do this, it's not going to work, it's going to sound like crap, you know what I mean? And we ended up doing it, and I guess that sounds pretty cool. So We, we spent more time um, rehearsing prior to recording, so I mean, we, it took four days to record, but... It was, we, I mean, weeks in the making. Weeks? Before, well, yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, time went into it, but it wasn't Before we hit record, studio. it was, you know, we, we got our ducks in a row. I was saying, one thing that, like, I think really impressed me was uh, one morning we walked in the studio, Marshall, our producer, was sitting at the table, and he was like, listen to this song. What do you think about this song? And I was like, oh, it sounds like the Golden Girls theme song. And it was a song called Lonely Boy by this guy, Andrew Gold. It was like. Who wrote the Golden Girls theme song. He wrote the song. Golden Girls theme song. <laughs> Look at that. And uh, he was like what do you guys think about covering it? And I laughed and laughed and walked outside and laughed and I came back in, I was finishing my laughing and he was like, no, I'm serious. Uh, and we were like, yeah, whatever. And this was kind of at the tail end of, we were, you know, had like two days left. And, and so we got to the point where we were like, okay, at the end of the day, maybe we'll just try and kind of hammer out the arrangements of this and we'll tackle it tomorrow. And, and the arranging turned into like, okay, well, we're learning these parts. Turned into... Marshall like wheeling this Wurlitzer piano like <laughs> into the live room and then we just like rec went through it like three times and recorded it and the song's crazy and it doesn't sound like anything we'd ever write and I think it just really impressed me like with the guys I mean I know all these guys super well but like as musicians like I felt like we kind of raised the bar for ourselves in, in doing that so it kind of that impressed me a lot. And it doesn't sound anything like "Thank you for being a friend." <laughs> yeah. No, uh, but if you threw a party, <laughs> if you invited jokes. everyone you knew, uh, I, I remember 
there was a roller coaster of like, oh, this would be awesome. Oh, we shouldn't do it. No, everybody would hate it. No, but we should. Oh, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And so like three hours after Dusty was done laughing <laughs> through, through the roller coaster of doubts and then highs of we should do it, it was finished. It was like three hours later. We learned it and then tracked it and then hated it and liked it again. And then, and then we'll release it for the world. <laughs> Are all of the songs that you recorded on the album? Or did you... I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. I think there was a few that we... No, there, were, there are a few that didn't make it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, yes. We, we demoed a bunch. Typically, what it is is we find, like, uh, we have to write 12 songs to get one good song. <laughs> so for every good song, there's, like, a few, few like, stinkers just hanging out. Um, so there's a bunch of songs that didn't even make it to the studio, and the ones that did get recorded, uh, I think... There's, there are a few that didn't make it. I can't remember. We forgot about them. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, at this time, I think I'd like to turn the, the uh, questioning over to the audience. And there should be uh, some Apple employees here that have microphones. I, I play for the Gypsy King and uh, the gentleman, the first the singer. Yeah. One thing that I like about you, you are very comfortable with yourself when you go to rehearsal. Oh, thanks. If you keep that, you're going to last forever. And you go in places. Another thing, always remember. There is no band leader. You're all band leader. That's what keeps a band forever. That's good. Thank you. I like that. Encouragement. Wow, man, Not just questions, respect. but encouragement. Yeah, that's like Anybody else advice. got anything good to say about me? <laughs> Pass the microphone around. Hi. Um, I just want to say that I love how honest your music is. And sometimes when you feel like, uh, oh, this is just a comment. When I feel like I'm the only one going through something, I hear your music. And it's like, wow. Like, Sometimes you think musicians don't go through things because they're up there and they have like fans and stuff, but it's, it really helps me when I'm, you know, when I want to sit down and write something, I think, oh, someone else has been through this too, I'm not alone. So people are not going to think I'm crazy when I write. So my question is, how do you get over a writer's block? What do you do to get that flow going again? I love, thank you for that, by the way. I, I remember growing up, let's, I've been, I mean, I'm a bigger music fan than I am a musician. And I remember growing up and listening to records and a song would come on and I would feel like it was for me, you know, like he's going through the same thing or she is in the same spot and she knows me and she wrote this for me. You know what I mean? I remember, I remember feeling that ownership. So that means the world to me that you feel that way. Um, but as far as writer's block goes, I, I just give up for a while. Always. I think it's, I think it's really counterproductive to, to have writer's block or feel like you, can, you, can't, you don't have anything new and you need to keep writing it. Because typically, if you're writing something and you don't feel like writing, it's going to sound like you don't feel like writing. You know? So typically, I just give up and go do something else, which is typically eating some terrible food or something like that. I, uh, I, I, oh, oh, uh, a good songwriting friend of mine told me that you should, you should, that that is true and you're not writing to keep those songs because they come out when you're in a bad spot. But what's worked for me on this person's advice was just to keep writing. Just write it. Because I always find that, the, like I said, the good songs are back there and you got to like get them out. So there's a, just garbage in the way, and then eventually it comes out. That's how it works for me. I also find Great that advice. like tunes exist in certain rooms. Like if you're in your living room, go in your bedroom. Sometimes you find there's a song in there. So as dumb as that sounds, or like a new piece of gear. If you play, like guitars have riffs in them, uh, or they don't. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. that's what I do. Um, I was gonna say like. Not as Christian artists, but as artists who are Christian, like how do you, you approach your songwriting? Because I feel like there's such a 
a paradox in, I guess, our ideology and such a tension, like, because we're just like everybody else. There's that rawness. We go through the harshness of life, yet we're called to bring joy. And, like, just how do you approach the truth in your life and yet be real with people? I think it's, I think, it, I think something that is really hard for me to wrap my brain around a lot of times is the fact that that people who are believers in Christ and Christians put a hat on sometimes. Like, and we're all guilty of it. Like, well, I got to write music now, and I'm going to make a faith-based song, so I'm going to wear my Christian hat today. I think that's weird, man. Like, and that goes on a lot, especially in our country. Like, especially in the Christian faith. And I'm not just, I'm guilty too, but I, I think the way that you should live your life as a believer of, and a follower of Christ is, is a person who is always that way. You know, I don't, I don't like put on like my warp tour hat when I go on warp tour. Like I, there's people here who have known me for years and I've been the same guy for years. You know what I mean? I've, you go through ups and downs, but like, you don't, when you, when, when you sit, when I sit down to write a song, I don't go, okay, this is going to be this way or that way. And sure things have stronger meaning sometimes or whatever. But I think that if you're a painter, you're going to see everything through the lens of a painter. You're going to go into a building and go, oh, this is painted really well. I love it. The walls are really smooth. This guy did a great job, whatever, blah, blah, blah. If you're a believer, you're going to see everything through that lens. And I think that's how you, you filter that is you don't. You make it your reality, you know. Like it must be who you are and it must be everything that you are. And if it becomes anything else, then it be just becomes a hat and it's unattractive to everyone. You know what I'm saying? Any more? I was wondering over you guys' uh, discography, what has influenced your art direction? Parker's here. He can talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a problem with, with record art where I want to do everything super literal. So like Southern Weather, I got my friend to take a picture of Southern Weather. Hey, he's right there. <laughs> he's behind you, actually. But he's back there. But, but Monster Monster, somebody make me some monsters. Take a picture of them. There's Put them more on the than front. one monster there. Yeah. Fear inside our bones. Can you, can, I call my sister-in-law. Can you draw me some bones? You know what I mean, but like, didn't 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 Dusty? Didn't you draw the monster masks and then someone built them? Wasn't that the way that went down? Yeah, something. I was like, like make me look cool. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't make me look cool. I'm trying to learn how to be not so literal, and these guys are really helping me with that. Like, I think literal art is there's a time and a place for literal art, um, but I wish at times in the past I would have grabbed certain emotions or things out of the music and made that the art as opposed to like, you know. Anybody got a monster mask? Can you draw me a monster? I want to put it on a CD cover and sell it. First off, I want to say thank you for your music. Um, thank you it's done, for It's listening. done a lot for me. And um, another question, I have two questions. One question is, um, Aaron, for you, um, how, did, how did it feel transitioning from, like, being a drummer in a band to being a frontman? Like, what were your first couple of shows as the almost like for you? Funny. <laughs> They're funny for me, too. They're funny for these guys, too. Now, I... Uh, I think I've just become comfortable like in the last year, if that's believable after that many years. You know, I just, I sat back there for so long that, and even though I was singing and doing my thing, I just, I, I felt uncomfortable for so long. And I've just gotten comfortable, like probably in the last 12 months. I'm pretty comfortable now. But uh, it was weird, man. It was really, it was an awkward thing. Um, second question, um, what have the tour pranks been like? Have there been any pranks on tour? Uh, this tour is still 
I feel like I think like, I get pranked the most. I, and yeah, I, I do not appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no really like inner band pranks yet. I feel like that's kind of like last day sort of thing. But like with us, Joe. <laughs> First of all, I'm a, ju- a- I'm a jumpy little guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know if it's the caffeine. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Jay, Jay, uh, Jay screams real high like a girl when he gets scared. And, uh, and Joe is just really awesome at scaring him. It's like we'll be walking in a group and you'll turn around and Joe's not there anymore. And he's somehow like 100 feet in front of you, like hiding in a bush. And we'll walk by and like you'll see Joe out of your peripheral. And then <laughs> we'll kind of wait for Jay to come by. And, oh, man, Jay's had to change his underwear like three times on this tour. So, And I never learned. I almost, I almost strangled the bellman at the hotel last night. They, they were showing me all these terrifying videos at like 2 in the morning. We got back from this diner, and I, we, so we walked in the cold, and we get back, and we're all just you know shaky and cold or whatever. They show me all these terrifying videos, terrifying videos. And we're talking about all these stories about like this guy who wrote a book on demon possession. I'm like just totally tweaked, right? We get back to the hotel, and I decide I'm going to go on the treadmill. And so I wear one headphone, have my iPad propped up on the treadmill, and I have one headphone in because I'm so scared that they're going to scare me because I just know they're cooking up some evil we plan. To. We really did. So I hear this movement in the hallway, and there's a mirror in front of the treadmill, so you can, like, see the – and I see the door crack open. I'm like – so I push stop on the treadmill. And I, if it was one of them, I was just going to grab him by the neck and just let him know. And here comes the poor bellhop. He's like, oh, I was just checking. I'm sorry. Like, he saw me, like, get down off the treadmill. I almost strangled that guy, man. You're lucky it wasn't you. Seven-year-old pranks, all good fun. just scaring each other like we're not thirty. I remember years old. that we there was a I anybody that used to have an iPhone like three G used to have a case that you could take it out of the case and it looked like the phone was still in it. I would I would grab Alex's phone and throw it off a building, but it was only the case, and I would hide his phone and we would like spill water on it. He quit the band because of that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I came in a dressing room two nights ago to find my new iPhone in a an inch puddle of beer. That wasn't a prank. Yeah, my but, phone but was tell them about beer. the endorsement. It, it's quite an endorsement. It still works. It does work. Hey. Sat in an inch off, bottle of beer, and I literally picked it up and sucked the beer out of all the holes. <laughs> it was so nasty. I'm like spitting. And, uh, and the next day, it still didn't work, so I just beat the end of it on the table at Cracker Barrel, and now it works. Thank you, Apple. And Cracker Thank Barrel. Thank you, Cracker Barrel. Well, it's not a question, but I want to say what's up, fellas. And, um, what's up, man? What's up, man? I just came up here to get my iPhone fixed. Yeah. They fix it. Did they, did they do you right? Well, we we in the process still. <laughs> but you know, um, I'm a Christian as well. You know, I believe in faith, and I've never heard of you guys before. I start my day every day with some good gospel well, music. Well, thanks for stopping. But now Bye. you know I'm blessed to be here. Learn about the almost. You guys seem pretty intriguing. Well, I'm thanks, buddy. Download your albums. You know. Cool man. Get new phones coming. It's gonna be There's right an app up in for there. that. Absolutely. <laughs> so I want to say I'm happy to be here and listening. Thanks, thanks for, for coming, coming dude. Thanks, I appreciate man. it. It's cold outside. Thanks for hanging out. Hi, guys. Hey um, I have a question, two questions, actually. What are your um, musical influences as a band together or individually? What are your like favorite bands that you guys grew up listening to, bands that influence your music? Um, and did you ever get to meet any of your musical inspirations or your favorite artists? I mean, I think probably across the board for all of us we all come from like a like a fairly like heavy music background like hardcore and metal like we've all kind of came up and like cut our teeth like on on those bands like breakdowns and 
heavy guitar riffs and stuff. But like, I mean, now I don't know if it's because because I'm 30 or what. But like, I listen to like, I listen to like George Jones and I don't know Tanya Tucker or something. Like, we all just listen to like totally different stuff, and 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 I think that's kind of what. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that that gets us to where we are, but I, th- I definitely think it it works. You know, like I'll play Hank Williams, and then Jay will play Slayer, and we're both just stoked to listen to it. Yeah, but they're they're about the same artist, you know, pretty they're, much to I me. I think they I, did a split. One they're time. They're equally as angry. So Tanya and Slayer. But I but I have Slayer vans. I, I don't have Hank Williams vans, and that's why Slayer is better, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I, uh, one of my favorites is Dave Grohl, just Nirvana or even his punk band. Uh, what was his punk band called? Scream. So, all, I mean, just the whole thing up. I, I love Dave Grohl, and I was actually on a plane with Dave Grohl last year. You asked me if you met anybody. And so it's a, it was a plane from, a, from New Zealand, right? So it's like a 15-hour ride, and he was up in the rock and roll star thing, and I was sitting back on top of a chicken crate or something. But um, he... Uh, He's standing in the baggage claim at LAX, and my wife is like, go talk to him. And Spencer from Under Oath had just called me like three weeks before was in LAX and had like sat down and had a beer with freaking Dave Grohl. Like said he was the coolest guy. Like I was like, I want to ask Dave Grohl if he'll sit down with me and have a beer. So Jamie's like, Spencer did it. You need to talk to him. So, so I like, I see him and then... Out from the bathroom comes John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. Uh, and I'm like, this just sucks. This whole situation just sucks. And then Josh Homey, Queens of the Stone Age, comes out. And they're all standing there together. And then Jesus hovers out behind them. <laughs> and then somehow Martin Luther King, no, it, was, it was just ridiculous, right? Like, it was ridiculous. And I'm, I'm standing there and I'm like, oh. Jamie's like, go talk to them. You better. That's literally Led Zeppelin and Nirvana. I'm like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm just going to get my bag and leave. <laughs> just went home with my tail between my legs. I was so bummed. So I was this close. So close. And I've always wanted to meet Dave Grohl. And I heard he's the coolest guy ever. And I just clammed up like a wussy. So. I'm quite sure they asked you before, how did you come up with the name and exactly what it means? No, I mean, I wanted to name it something with the word almost in it. So I had all these ideas. I almost called the band Almost Aaron. I think my wife called me a loser. No, no, you, you didn't. You didn't. You that did wasn't a real not. thing. I, did, I was never actually sitting here. I was here in New York. I was here in New York um, doing demos for the first record just, just alone. My, my wife, who's my actual girlfriend at the time, was like, hey, you should. Uh, I was like, I want to call it something. The almost, I almost called it Almost Aaron. Or definitely. There was another one that was so bad. I'm trying to think. Definitely Almost Aaron. Would you play in that band? That's no, no, no. <laughs> I would never play in a band. No, lame. Like that. Absolutely so not. lame. And my wife literally looked at me and she was like, "You suck at names." So I, I was like a six-week period here in the city where I was trying to come up with a name. And one day my wife's like, "Why don't you just call it the Almost?" And I was like, "That's deep." <laughs> literally, so that's what we called it. Um, how has like you guys getting married and having families and stuff changed i guess the dynamic of the group or even like the way you write your music or like your tour life i think in every way you know now it's like look at e-bomb's world and look at this picture of my kid's butt you know what i mean like it's like a total it's just a different dynamic but in every way you know it makes you it makes you a different person you you're responsible for a human life and that's a whole other thing 
you know, it's a it's a it's a game changer, a life changer. Great. Well, thank you for uh, answering all of our questions. You guys, keep it going. Give it up one more time for the almost.